All right, 715 here at Laker Country 1049. I'm now joined on the phone now with Dr. Stephanie Jones at Jamestown Healthcare. Uh, first of all, Dr. Jones, good morning. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the air with me this morning. Good morning, Sean. I'm glad to be here. Well, we've, uh, it's been, what a year. <laughs> I think that's what we all can say. Uh, and you and your staff down there have seen the brunt of it. And uh, it's, it's been a tough year, but thankfully we've got uh, these vaccines out now. Things are starting to look a little better, and uh, hopefully we can answer some questions folks have. I think the biggest question, uh, it was certainly a question that I, I had, was, uh, how, was the, uh, how was the vaccines created so quickly? Because we kept hearing, you know, it could be a couple of years, could be, some people said five years, but uh, it was created in, uh, I think, under a year. How was that even possible? Well, because of the uh, emergent um, state that we were in, a lot of the phases of clinical trials of these vaccines occurred simultaneously. Um, The technology for these vaccines has been around for a long time, and so they just were able to put everything together um, quicker than normal because of the emergent fashion. Yeah, and... uh, You know, I I, I just... I thought it was amazing. You know, we had the... I think another thing you have to look at is we had the best minds uh, in the world looking at this. and uh, Exactly, uh, just exactly. To, and, and everybody was focused on it at the same time. Uh, that's right. Now, uh, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine has been the, probably the most popular because it's the one-dose vaccine. Uh, a lot of folks were using it around here. Of course, uh, what what happened uh, that caused the uh, that vaccine to be paused? I think it was about a month, month and a half ago. That's when that pause occurred. Yeah. What happened, Sean, was there are about six people out of almost 7 million doses of the vaccine that were given um, that developed a rare clotting condition. It was called cerebral venous sinus thrombosis. I know that's a big, long word. <laughs> um, and so just out of an abundance of caution, the FDA paused um, the administration of that vaccine just to look at these six individuals and see if there was any link to the vaccine. Um, what they determined was that uh, the risk of developing that rare condition following that Johnson & Johnson vaccine is extremely low. Um, and, Sean, you have to keep in mind that there's a risk involved with everything we do um that's what i was about to say it's not just the covid19 vaccine there there can be risks with all vaccines correct exactly exactly um you know the risk of dying from covid19 is real as well and there's been about one in 558 americans that have died from covid19 over the past 13 months You know, your odds of being struck by lightning are one in 500,000. Your odds of getting this clotting condition from the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is less than two in one million. Um, And that was as of April of this year. Um, So, you know, it it was a concern, um, but the FDA did look at it appropriately, and um, they felt that this, this risk is low enough. We are back to giving that vaccine. And, and that, again, that vaccine is so important because it is the one dose. It is one dose. Um, and some people do like that, the thought of getting one shot and being done. Now, um, the uh, w- one thing a lot of folks like to say is, oh, well, th- this is an older person's disease. More older folks should worry about it. 
should healthy people get the vaccine? Of course. Um, you know, there's still a small age group of people, those under 12, um, the vaccines have not been approved for. And there are some people that have severe allergies or um, certain health conditions that might be too high risk to consider getting the vaccine. But by and large, um, the general population, um, everyone should consider getting a vaccine. Does it cause infertility? No. It does not. And that's been a big misconception out there. That's probably been the number one question I've received. Um, There is no evidence that these vaccines, any of the vaccines, cause infertility. And actually, Pfizer, um, who is one of the makers of one of the vaccines, conducted a trial. Um, Women were given a pregnancy test prior to enrolling in this trial, and they were excluded if they were already pregnant. Um, But during this trial, after they got the vaccine, 23 women um, did become pregnant. So there is no evidence out there that any of these vaccines cause infertility. Uh, I know this is a a big question for a lot of folks, uh, a lot of folks not only around here but around the world. uh, And that is, can pregnant pregnant or breastfeeding women receive the vaccine? Yeah, Sean, um, it is safe for pregnant and breastfeeding women to receive the vaccine. Um, And and we encourage that because pregnant women who actually contract COVID-19 are at an increased risk for severe illness and complications. I I was not aware of that. Is it just due due to being pregnant that you're kind of, uh, you're compromised? Is that that what it is? Well, and it it poses a risk to your unborn child as well. Um, All this is still being studied, of course. Yeah. Um, Do, uh, I know... uh, I've seen this floating around as well. Do the COVID-19 vaccines actually give you the virus? No. Um, that That's a common misconception out there as well. None of these vaccines that are available are live vaccines. They do not contain the COVID-19 virus. Um, you know, some people, and it, it is very normal to experience some symptoms, um, just indicating an immune response within a day or two after you receive your vaccine. Some of these symptoms are fever, chills, body aches, pain at the injection site on your arm where you get the shot, and fatigue. It's not a sign that you have COVID. It's just that your body is building up an immune response like it's supposed to after a vaccine. Yeah, I can I can speak for that. I had after my second dose of Pfizer, it uh, it kicked my kicked my butt pretty good. <laughs> it, uh, I had a lot of fatigue. Uh, it basically, felt like I had the flu. I think a lot of folks have uh, have experienced those symptoms as well. That is true. Most people do experience some symptoms, and it's varied. Um, the good news is it's pretty short lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna kind of chuckle and I ask this: uh, Can the COVID nineteen vaccine change your DNA? No. Um, you know, that that's a complex issue. Um, but none of these vaccines alter your DNA in any way. Um, they don't change your genetic code at all. Um, these vaccines are what are called messenger RNA vaccines. That messenger RNA cannot get into the center, what we call the nucleus of the cell, to, that actually holds your DNA to alter your genetic code in any way. If somebody has had the had COVID nineteen, should they go ahead and get the vaccine? I know the 
I'm not sure the length of time that uh, if somebody that's been infected has the antibodies. If, what's the guidance on that if somebody has had the virus? If you have had the virus, we still encourage you to get the vaccine because we're not sure how long your immunity is going to last from, ha- or, excuse me, from having the virus. Um, we, we're still, that all is still under investigation. And um, so we just want everybody to be protected and safe. And we have seen some reinfections um, in the area. Really, I, 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 I was, I've been curious about that. Uh, one, one thing I will ask you: Has there been any infections post-vaccine, like after you're fully vaccinated? Is that possible to get the virus? It is possible. Of course, nothing is 100 percent effective. Uh-huh. Um, it is very rare, very rare. Um, so there have been some rare occurrences of that, um, but it is also, it's more common. We have seen more cases of reinfection from COVID where people had it in the beginning and then several months later have been reinfected. Now, if anybody has any concerns about the vaccine, uh, what exactly should they do? Well, I would encourage them to reach out to their healthcare provider, whoever that may be, um, you know, we, we've had training, and we're all learning as we go, but we have access to um, the most up-to-date guidance and information from the CDC as well as the FDA. So I would encourage you, if you have any questions or concerns, talk to your health care provider. All of us are happy to answer questions that you may have. Um, and I would encourage people to seek that advice rather than relying on social media or <laughs> stay off Facebook. On the internet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, one more thing, uh, as a physician, you have been dealing with this since it all started. I'm sure you've seen your fair share of folks with the virus. Uh, what's that been like having to go through a pandemic? Well, it's something that we've never experienced before. And honestly, I hope we never experience it again. Um, it has been a tough year for everybody. Um, and, and we've seen some very, very sick people, um, very, very scared people. Um, and it was scary for us at times, but with the vaccines and with all the, um, guidelines that have been put into place, we are starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel and hopefully things are going to get back to some type of normal here in the near future. Uh, it looks like June 11 is going to be a big date around here in Kentucky with so a lot of the restrictions being lifted. That's exactly right, yeah. Well, Dr. Jones, uh, thank you so much for uh, giving us some of your time this morning. Of course, uh, I've been down there going to you guys for years now. You, you, you and Ashley, y'all are amazing down there, best staff. I mean, pretty lucky here in a small community to have amazing physicians all around the area. Well, thank you, Sean. We appreciate it.